video he's talking right, guys, about. Guys, I'm going to give you a, very shortly, we may be going live. It's, it's loading, and I'll, I'll let you know. We may go about 45 seconds or 30 seconds faster than 7 o'clock. Sounds good to me. All right, guys, we are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. Uh, I'm Mark DeMeo. I'm with my partner in all things law enforcement, Bill Cannon. Tonight we have an incredible guest. Um, I've, he's one of my favorite comedians. I've done shows with him for years. He has a very, very great podcast that can be found on Compound Media. It's called uh, Crime Report and New York Crime Report. Uh, give it up for Pat Dixon, folks. Let him feel the love. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Wow. I can feel it in 10,000 households, all those people. You're looking proud. What's up, yeah. Pat? Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. I thought you guys only had cop guests. Well, it, well, listen, uh, as the show progresses, um, you know, now we're starting to expand and we're pretty much taking anybody who has anything to do with law enforcement. If you ever, if you ever got a ticket, <laughs> a parking ticket, uh, <laughs> find I, think some he, I, think, I think he has a suit from an old retired or DOA detective, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have Pete Peduccio on the show pretty frequently. You know, oh, that's I know. DOA detective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with yeah. the Hawaiian shirts, right? Yeah, he looks like uh, he's undercover down there. Oh, I don't know. He has, uh, oh, are you talking, talking about Pete Burdett? Oh, no, no, you're talking about Pete Peduccio. I thought you yeah, were talking yeah. about the comedian Pete Burdett. Yeah, Pete Peduccio. Uh, um, Peduccio, yeah, he's a great guest, isn't he? Yeah, he is, man. He's, I mean, like, what do you not know after 40 years of uh, being a detective in NYPD, man? He's like, but he he's, also he's... has this quality about him, like, um, like you could just see him behind the desk with a cigarette and a cup of coffee, um, you know, running the show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He just has that, like, it's, uh, it's like central casting, how they say, you know? Exactly. Yeah, you imagine a guy that has that job, and and that's Pete Peduccio, and and he's that's that's uh. That's great for me, man. That's perfect for the show. And, you and know? he comes through. He comes through because he has the look, but he also has the personality too, and yeah. he's seen it all. So he's the whole package, man. He's the real deal. Just like Bill. Bill is the real deal too. That's why I latched on to Bill. I was a fucking do nothing as a cop, but with <laughs> Bill, I look legit. <laughs> well, you. See, I mean, you know, look. Yeah, Bill, you were on with uh, Pete Peduccio uh, yeah. the other night, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we also had. Uh, let's see, that that was was that it, or do we have somebody else on? I forget. No, it was just you, I, and Pete Peduccio. Yeah, yeah. And it was. I, I would have gone with that. I'd go with that panel. You know, ten times out of ten, and you guys were great. Mark, you got to come by again. I haven't seen you in a, in a long. You know, time. I remember when we used to do the New York Crime Report, and um, we were doing it at the Creek. Yeah, one of my first. Remember, we had that. Uh, we had the lawyer, the uh, the ADA. Uh, no, Jim no, he Holt. was he was a defense attorney. Oh yeah, he was on uh, retainer, you know, for a gang. You know what's funny about that is I, I got into a situation because of that guy. It wasn't through no fault of his own. It just so happened that um, you know I had a friend and he was involved in an incident as as a youth, and uh, they the cold case opened up a case on it. So long story short, you know, my friend had called me up and I, I didn't know one, one thing or the other, but he just said, do I know anybody, um, you know, who, uh, as a lawyer? So I was like, listen, I, I, I met this defense attorney. He's a fuck. He sounds like he's really annoying. So he's probably good. 
So I gave, I, I sent them a picture of, uh, of the card and the kid wound up lawyering up. Uh-huh. And then, uh, I, you know, I'm already retired at this point. You know what I'm saying? This is my childhood friend. And uh, it turns out, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. I had some regrets about it, but there's way, way more to the story that I'm not going to divulge uh, just because, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, well, it's As long as you regret something, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just a tough, you know. Yeah, if you're Catholic, you go to confession so you can be forgiven. If I told you the whole story, you'd probably side with me. I'm no, I'm sure I'm on your side. I haven't seen Jim in uh, Jim Polk there. I haven't seen him. Wow, man. In Christ, I haven't seen him and I haven't seen him since Trump got elected, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. Well, I hope he's doing well. And like I said, you know, my, um, I, I thought enough of him to recommend him. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That. But you know what's funny too is also the way your show has evolved. Um, the way we used to do it. Uh, I, I don't think we were doing any visual. It was just a uh, um, podcast. It was, yeah. And, uh, and that, that show continues, by the way, Mark. You know that show's still on iTunes and everything. I mean, I still that's I do that with Pete Paduccio as well. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So that so it's two separate shows. It makes everybody confused. New York City Crime Report. It's all about New York City Crime Report. I can compound. It's about whatever you know, crime everywhere. Yeah. And they're both cop centric, you know, so like, because uh, fuck, nothing else is. And you come from a journalism background, right? I dropped out of school uh, to drink, you know. I was my majored in journalism, switched my major to alcoholism. And, uh, but uh, yeah, but I was married. What kind to- of classes did you have to take? <laughs> For alcoholism? Yeah. None. None. You, you go straight to the head of the line. Where uh, did you go? Middle Tennessee State. You know, because um, the way you do your show, you can tell there's journalistic background behind it. You know, there's um, there's a format to it. There's yeah. a, a, obviously a format structure. And, you know, the way you build up the stories and mm-hmm. then there's the, the punchlines in it. It's like a real news story, but then you add the jokes to it. So it's really clever. Thanks, man. It's almost like it has a like I have a comedy background as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but you know what? Most people, most comedians are just doing the show this, you know, one way. And then when uh, you watch the way you do it, you can see, okay, this guy's got, not only does he have the comedy because he's a comedian, but he also has, you could tell you could tell you have a journalistic background. Thanks, man. It's like a real personalized news kind of newscast, a real, uh, what do you call, uh, informal, I guess you'd say, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, all the stuff that, that, that we talk about, you know, is stuff, and there's, man, there's a lot of it happening now. God, it's like oh a bunch God. of crap. Just the last, I mean, I was starting to miss like the subway pushers and stuff like that. Oh. Now they're back in the news again. And, uh, you know, some somebody threw some babies out of windows, you know, that's that's kind of a a retro one. Seven, seven people shot in an apartment house in Bed-Stuy. Yeah. One, one dead, dead, one critical. You know, it's like, it's back to the late 80s, uh, early 90s all over again, you know. Yes. All the work that we did to drop crime is going out the window under this mayor and this governor. I give this governor just as much credit. Well, yeah, he's the bail reform guy, you know, yeah. so we got to give give it to him for that. And with yeah. COVID, man, he's had a, a lot to do with all that crap too man he's the worst but hey he won an emmy that's what's important right i can't believe that it's almost like obama getting the nobel peace prize after two months in office remember that oh yeah that yeah, was wow. pathetic it was so that's fake news and so is cuomo winning an emmy you know yeah oh it's Crazy. the worst 
Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, I, no, he, what was he? He was for comforting people, you know, through television and all that. Yeah, you know, I, I love. I love, I love when the left always goes, and we'll work with. This is how he talks, and we'll work with the science. You know, they only believe in science when it is congruent with their ideology. Other than that, they don't believe in science. You know? Yeah, start talking about some trans uh, topics. You know, suddenly science is kind of like- Science gets thrown out the window. <laughs> Talk about the 6,500 elderly people that died because of science. The science oh. of you putting them in a nursing home and forcing them to be there. That's science. That's know? a low estimate, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's I heard 8,000, 8, possibly as many as 12 or more. Yeah, and he takes no credit for that at all. <laughs> you haven't heard a word about him getting um... Uh, a Biden uh, picking him for a seat in the. In he the may way. have turned it down behind the scenes. You know, you never know. He may have turned it down. Yeah, he could have got offered it and said, "Don't offer it to me." I, I don't know. think so. Well, he loves <laughs> being governor because he's like. Okay, he ain't turning shit down, bro. <laughs> should probably take it because I think he's done as governor. Although, if you yeah. look at the comments, like on Facebook when he goes live, all these people from other states idolize this guy. And sure. everyone from New York is like, quit, you motherfucker. <laughs> Mike Wallace like told him an idiot the other day. Who did? Who did? Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace. How old is Mike Wallace now? No, no, my, well, well, who's the, who know? Chris Wallace. His, his son, oh, yeah, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace oh, okay. called him a, an idiot the other day because he blew up at the um, at the reporter. Yeah. See, he's like a bit of a bully in a way, both him and his brother. They, they had that show that they were doing in the morning in the beginning of COVID. And it was funny for about a week, and then it just got fucking really annoying. And the two of them, you know, they can't get out of each other's way, you know, yeah. because they're both basically just these these stupid bullies. Yeah, yeah. Talk about comedic chops, right, man? I mean, I, <laughs> I thought it was the Smothers Brothers again. Oh, mom liked you best. No, mom liked you. you know, I was like, where did they get this act from? Yeah, which one you got? Funny Brothers did it 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, you wonder which one is supposed to be the funny one. Yeah, it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be something that maybe they did once a week, and then once they saw the ratings from the first day, they decided to do it every day, and then it just got like bad. It got ugly. And then the, nobody on the left goes, "Hey, wait a second! Uh, COVID is raging through the state," as they say. "Oh my God, COVID is the next bubonic plague! Uh, look, a gigantic Q-tip!" You know, <laughs> they're messing around. They're like joking around and stuff, and it's supposed to be the worst thing that ever happened. Man, COVID yeah, doesn't, I think about all these, all these things that we had set in place, like that freaking ship that was uh, on the west side there. And I'm thinking, uh, like, yeah. the, where did this fucking ship go and why did we move it? Why not keep it central to a place like either uh, New Jersey or New York or Connecticut, where if you needed it, you can just move it around? Why do we fucking give it back? And why, it. in the middle of all of it, did we let the uh, regular people go? I mean, we let the COVID people go to the hospital and we let the regular people go to these fucking the ship and all this other stuff when it should have been the other way around. They should have they Nobody went to the ship, did they? It was they, like 44 I, people on it, I remember reading one day. 44 people. And, and they, that was and including they, the staff. And they could, the, what they should have done is anybody who had COVID, they should have put them on that ship and just sailed it out. <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> Like one of those cruise it's, ships with no entertainment, no comics, no singers, no dancers. It yeah. should have been filled with oranges, and we just should have stopped at every port and taken everybody's COVID patients yeah. until the ship was full. Send, yeah. them, 
Send them to the worst souvenir shops in the Caribbean. Tell them right down to Gitmo. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, the cases, that, that doesn't mean anything. It's the deaths. And the deaths aren't going up. None of the numbers support any of the stuff that's happening in the city. Getting rid of like, the schools, they had that 3%, which is ridiculous. 3% in the city and all the schools shut down. They knew they were going to hit that. The unions, they get paid anyway. The whole thing stinks, man. The whole thing is just a self-serving. Well, for so everybody who said that, oh, uh, you know, COVID's going to end as soon as, um, you know, um, Donald Trump oh, loses, that, that, that hasn't come through, hasn't come through yet. And, yeah. you know, if you do know people, I know people who are getting picked off and, um, you know, it's, it's the same, you know, it's like overweight already so that, but I'm talking about extremely overweight where, you know, you're in harm's way. Uh, to begin with, that's where the doctor tells you, you know, if you have one more thing, you know, you're going to be, it's going to be tough. Diabetes, yeah. stuff like that. So well, one more French fry, it's over with. <laughs> yeah, but to, you know, you got a kid that goes to school in the day. He picks it up. Nothing's going to happen to him. But now he brings it home to his overweight dad who just came home from work. So that's that's a problem. It's It's tough, man. It's really, really tough to figure it out. Well, they, you know, from what I understand... The kids don't really transfer it that much, if at all, either. They don't, they, they're almost like fully exempt. I mean, this is a, the, Charles Atlas is who I listen to. I don't know if you ever listen to that guy, but man, he's pretty I used to look at his man when he was on the back of the comic books. I looked at him, but yeah, that guy's still alive. Yeah, the sand kicked in your face and all that shit. <laughs> he's still yeah. alive, that guy. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah, now he's an expert on COVID. <laughs> Yeah, but none of the numbers are convincing, man. I don't know. I, I, it, it's the whole thing. Now, wasn't there another hospital at Javits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they opened up like a, yeah. That's another hospital. thing that's curious about the nursing homes is where they had those two other options. What the fuck was he doing? What the fuck was he saving it for, waiting for? I don't understand. I don't understand why they went into the nursing homes. And you know what? Listen, it was a mistake. Rather than own it and say, listen, you know, I was in a situation where I had to make a decision. I didn't know what was going to happen. No, the fucking guy, the, really, it was Trump's fault. Well, you know, he, I wanted to invite that state trooper who was doing his daughter. I wanted to invite him over my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> He's still with it. I don't know who he was, though. I was trying to find well, what, out who he is. That's another thing. What a fucking <laughs> moron. There's no yeah. way... To make your daughter elope quicker than hating her fucking boyfriend. That's right. He happens to be a state trooper. I mean, really, I would have fucking welcomed this guy in. He would have been my buddy. And behind my back, I would have been fucking stabbing him, hoping yeah. that my daughter breaks up with him. It would have been, you know what I'm saying? Because this other way that you chose, that's the fucking dumbest shit. This guy's driving like three hours now every single weekend to go see it. I right. believe in science, so I sent my daughter's boyfriend up to Canada. Yeah, he's in the Saskatchewan. That's a long distance. Now he's wearing a red Royal Canadian Mounted Police hat. Yeah. Jesus. Now he's yeah. getting he's getting snatch away up there. You know? Yeah. He's snatch got away. You know, he's getting snatch. He's, he's he's getting women up there and then he comes home on the weekends and he's hanging out with your daughter too. You fucking idiot. You could have kept him he could have kept him here close. That's such a stupid move, by the way. That's such yeah. a stupid move. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, and then the papers pick it up and he looks like an asshole, too, you know. But you know. Uh, let's see what happens with the daughter. You know, I mean, she couldn't turn out worse than de Blasio's daughter. That's for sure. And you guys, uh, Mark, <laughs> you want to see it? You want to see a little bit of Pat's comedy? For, for I'd love to. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Could, uh, Let's see if this I works. I'll be back in five minutes. Let's see. Oh, this is going to be brutal. We've never done this before, Pat. So yeah, don't. Thanks, thanks for breaking it in on me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I can't do it, man. I don't know what happened. Good. I'm Good. Technically, I'm technically <laughs> challenged here. Wait a minute. There we oh, go. There we go. Oh boy. Oh boy. To me, marriage feels like a downgrade. When you get engaged, what do you have? A fiance. Doesn't that sound nice? A fiance. It's a nice word. Makes you want to call home, right? <laughs> fiance. After that, you got a spouse. <laughs> a damn spouse. Makes you want to call an exterminator or something. <laughs> I got a spouse in the house. <laughs> I've been married uh, 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 before. I married my high school sweetheart, which, uh, oh, right. When you marry your high school sweetheart, it's kind of like you said, you know what? I've looked all over the school. <laughs> it's like the dumbest way to find a spouse. And uh, so it didn't work out. Here's how I found out we were splitting up. I was going to get a tattoo of her on my body, you know, to symbolize our love. And she's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Next marriage broke up, I guess. Oh, I would say because of jealousy and a lack of understanding. She was jealous and she never could understand. Sometimes I just get glitter on me. <laughs> I understand women better than I used to. I, uh, I know that women like flowers. I don't, I don't really get why. I know we just send them on faith. That's it. It doesn't have to make sense. Women like to get flowers. Men would rather get like $40. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, would it kill you to occasionally <laughs> just cough up 40 bucks and sit it my way? I would love that. Wouldn't you love to be at work? You get an envelope. You're like, well, look at that. That's really sweet. There's like 40 bucks in here. And look at that. There's no card. <laughs> my wife really gets me. Yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, I love the girl I'm with, but I, I don't. I can't bring her back to my place anymore. It's a bit of a problem. I have a thin wall in the bedroom. The other night we're there, we could hear my 22-year-old neighbor, a female, having sex. We could hear her having sex. Or I say we could hear it. I, we listened, actually. Uh, but isn't that what women want, right? A, a guy who knows how to listen. But anyway, I, I don't like uh, bring. I don't like come back there anymore because you know I figure my neighbor can hear us, and I don't want from my neighbor to hear me disappointing my girlfriend. And, it, you know, because I feel like I'm letting down two women now, you know. It didn't bother me so much. Like, I actually heard her on the other side of the wall one time we get done, and I heard, aw. My girlfriend talks during sex sometimes. She said, yeah, choose your words wisely if you're gonna talk during sex. She said, don't stop. And immediately, I feel exhausted. Plus, it starts me thinking, how does this girl know I'm thinking about stopping? Because <laughs> so I was thinking about stopping. It's a real mind reader. That's Maybe enough. Astrology. That's enough. We took a trip. Uh, we went to... Uh, uh, uncle. Uncle. All uncle. right. Uh, isn't that funny? Thanks very much, Mark. It, it's hey, funny. Um, like, you know, when you watch shit like that, it's like, it's like you're seeing... A completely different comic for the first time. I yeah, don't even recognize that. Guy. Don't like it at all, uh, Pat. I, I I totally understand what you what you're going through right now. Yeah. Just let you know, it's Bill's cool. Yeah. Well, 
What? Yeah, no, we got to listen to the whole thing and then whatever video comes next. No, no, he's going to do it. Damn, I forgot about all these. I forgot about all those jokes, though. You look really good. And let me tell you something. Um, I still got that same suit. Wear it all the time. You know, what's funny is that you in the suits, I, um, I've gotten so used to you in the suits that if I see you in regular clothes, it fucks me up. Right. It's like seeing your teacher at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like something say uh, you don't you don't you don't belong. How did that? Hold on. I'm trying uh, to get your sound off, man. Why didn't you just exit out? Just just stop the, the video. Just push stop. There's like letters in the words that aren't letters. Just like letter letter shape. Letter letter lightning bolts. We may have to listen to the whole fucking thing. We don't. I think we do. I don't think we do. There's got to be a way out. Just stop the video. Just push stop. Pause. Phil, <laughs> just take your computer and throw it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and then jump on it like 10 times. It'll stop. Hopefully it'll stop. Uh, For real. Anything, whatever it takes. How did you come up with the... Um... Hold on one second. We're almost at the end. Now he's yeah, starting it again. I got it. I got it off. I finally figured it out. Pat, how did you start with this? We challenged you. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what I did was uh, I, I dressed real shitty on stage, and I, and you know, I got tired of hearing people tell me how shitty I dressed on stage, so I just wore a suit that I had, uh, and people were like, "Oh, I love this character you're doing. Oh, this is great." I'm like, "Oh, Christ." I just wanted people to like listen, you know. What I mean, it was it's not that unusual. A lot of people do it, but uh, you know, yeah, that's the way it happens. It's pretty boring. It, well, you know what? We don't see a lot of people every day, and we don't see them, uh, you know, at every set. You know, even the right. Tuesday night spot. You know, going from place to place. So that that, and you know what? It's actually, it's genius in a way. If you notice, most of the people that are. Uh, you know, the, the billionaires in our country, they're, they're these eccentrics. And a lot of them wear the same clothes. It's very enlightened people. Like, um, like I just watched the Norman Lear thing. He always wore that hat. Woody Allen always wears the same thing. Um, I worked in a building as a doorman when I was a kid. And this guy, S, uh, Cy Newhouse, S.I. Newhouse used to live there. He, he, uh, he was a big time publisher worth billion dollars back then. He always wore the same thing. Um, same thing with uh, Bill Gates. They all, so that is like your signature now. That's like your homework. I'm sure it's easy for you too, right? Oh, it's the easiest. Yeah. I mean, you know, a suit, you never have to think about it until you get too fat and the jacket doesn't button anymore and shit like that. You got to make some decisions. But what happens, no. um, like you're just hanging out one day and we decide to start throwing around the football though. That's never gonna happen. <laughs> I love football around in a suit. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, no big deal. That would be funny if we had the uh, the softball game, the annual softball game that they do in Brooklyn, and you showed up in the suit. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be that would be good. Yeah. Uh, do you remember a few years ago? Did you go work on the island uh, up there? I, I, I'm just kind of a weird thing, but the, a bunch of comics did it. It was some kind of Bloomberg event, and they paid you like eight hundred bucks to hang out for a few hours no yeah well okay Where? what island was this 
like Randall's Island, maybe or something. I don't know where they had the event. So that was back when we could do things outside and shit. Remember that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. regular life, man. We're so divorced from it now. It's really a bummer. I, I, it's like I, I was watching some footage of the Go Topless Parade when we covered that. You know the Go. You know how to do that once a year, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, they're a UFO cult. I'm just looking at it, man. Everybody's having fun. It's sunny outside. It's a blast. It's, you know, like it's the dumbest event ever or whatever, but there's a lot of women with no shirts on. And uh, you can't even do that anymore. Not even, it's like, it, it's what we've lost is just day to day normality, man. I, mean, I don't mean to bum everybody out. We all know this shit, but we got to take it back because it's never going away unless people do something, right? They're not going to take it away. Yeah, yeah, listen, until this freaking thing, until people stop getting sick from it, um, it's going to, and it's got to work its way around. I mean, you know, we, we tried it, we paused it, we stunted it. We, at some point, you know, the whole idea was that we had to let the hospitals catch up. Right. And when they did, we still didn't want to fucking let the thing out. The thing had to get out. Yeah. But it's going to work its way through every crack and crevice in this fucking country. It's going to find the people that it wants and infect them. You know, I always think about it like uh, you ever hanging out with somebody or you're all at like a barbecue or some type of thing. And uh, there's one person that gets fucking eaten up by by mosquitoes. Everybody else was there hanging out. Maybe you got one. Somebody else got two. This guy got 50. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's the person that gets the COVID. What the fuck is wrong with you? Know, you? you know what I had heard yesterday, and I went out to see my mom out on Long Island at this assisted living facility. They wouldn't even let me see her. So I had to, I brought her an apple pie and a bottle of wine, you know, and they, a staff member had to bring it to her because they had two new COVID <coughs> in, in the, uh, <coughs> the facility, you know. But she told me that people with type O blood, A, have a much more difficult chance of contacting COVID. And B, if they do get it, it's not as severe. And I was like, who told you that, Ma? And sure enough, I looked it up. She was right. Yeah, I got O type. But if you have A, the reverse is true. Yeah, A, a is bad. Gets it easier and gets a more severe case. Yeah. I don't even know my blood type. That's pretty bad. But yeah. Your blood type is Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a guy named uh, James Gregory, and he said, uh, you know what? I, I smoke two packs a day because I'd smoke more, but I just don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when people smoke now, you know, they're really hardcore people because they know it's killing them. And they do it I anyway. Mean, I'm right. <laughs> I am in this bar. I'm smoking right inside, you know. But yeah, cigarettes kill way more people than than COVID. So yes. <laughs> well, why you still smoking? On a, you you could be sucking on somebody's mask, and you'd be better off than than this. <laughs> Do you hate life? Is that why you're smoking? Uh, well, I don't. You know what though? I'm gonna. Do, I, started, I, I I quit for 15 years, and I started back about two weeks after I got into my third marriage. So you know, you can kind of extrapolate how that was i never quit i've been going since i was fucking 12 damn i don't smoke a lot i have my uh you know it depends if i'm drinking probably gonna smoke a lot that night and i drink almost every night so there you go but it takes <laughs> me like um I, a pack lasts me like two and a half three days that no it doesn't yeah no way really well, because I don't smoke when I go to work. Like I'll smoke after if I after I, like a joint or something like that. I'll smoke, 
and if I'm drinking, but it's like two or three. That's it. A day. You you smoke a little uh, marijuana then, huh? Yeah. It's good for me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, otherwise, I want to I want to kill everybody. I remember before you uh, retired, you were looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, listen. I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing our numbers, our audience numbers disintegrate as he's. Uh... <laughs> He's talking no, about that. If they didn't look at New Jersey, just lost 15 Patreon members. <laughs> you look at you look at New Jersey, right? What are they doing? Generally, they do the same thing we're doing. Well, they just they, legalized they, it. Oh, we that, oh, I thought okay, yeah, yeah, good for them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's time to stop fucking uh, you know, pretending like this doesn't have its value. Do you know what I'm saying? We're living in a time right now, especially like the old fashioned cop. Um, you know, it's it's just there's nothing wrong with it. If you drink, you're probably worse off. I, I've met a million fucking people that are that, that are assholes. That oh, drink yeah. And they Me fucking too. they're just jerks. You know where you but can meet a lot of them? Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, you know. I worked with uh, I had my boss once on the job was uh a dry drunk. You know, he was a guy who quit probably cold turkey and uh, he was the meanest motherfucker you'd ever meet, bro. I mean, you didn't nothing want to- worse, There's nothing worse than a dry drunk. Yeah. <laughs> a dry yeah, drunk needs to drink, basically, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a difference in sobriety and, and being a dry drunk, you know, but uh, the 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 marijuana, it doesn't do ever. You see, like, you're one of these guys like Sherrod Small. Back when I was uh, in show business, you know, I was- uh, I used to take a chance and smoke some weed before I go on stage because I've seen Sherrod do that, you know? I don't smoke weed anymore. But it didn't work for me, man. It works for you. That's great. But so well, a lot of people... I like, have arthritis. I have arthritis. And I have the type of arthritis where it's in every every joint. And when I go to the doctor, it's either... Um, like, just to get through pain, the pain-wise. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. Fuck fucking yeah, yeah. Taking all this ibuprofen... Uh-huh. Well, that and a lot of Wait, times yeah. that helps me a, a, a hundred times better because, you know, um, and it's coming to the season right now. I should really live in a climate where, you know, it, once the cold comes, that's when everything starts hurting. But I have it like uh, this. This one doctor told me you have arthritis like uh, and I was mind you, I was like 40 years old at the time, like a 65 year old person. At Jesus, 40, right. You know what I'm saying? That's terrible, man. And, and why? Florida is where everybody's going, man. Have you noticed that? I mean, well, like obviously everybody's going. Anyone home. that's a Republican's fleeing there. You know, that's going to be a permanent red state. You know. <laughs> well, Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Uh, are you ready? I, I'd, I'd rather be there. Are you ready to accept the reality that Trump lost? What me? Yeah. No, Trump's going to win the election. No question. <laughs> Wait and see. He'll, if he was going to lose, he would have done it by now. <laughs> they arrested George Soros today. Yeah, yeah. Well, NBC called the election, so it has to be certified. Oh, yeah, the AP and everything. Yeah, the, the, the transition I hear is moving along well and everything. I, I think that Cuomo may be the AG. No, they already appointed someone, I think. Oh, do they really? Who? I think they did appoint someone. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. They didn't. Not the Attorney General. Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Yeah. Well, we talked about that? this earlier. So you think he's going to be AG? Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard talk about it. 
Yeah. Could be. Well, Chris? Yeah. Chris Cuomo? <laughs> Chris Cuomo, yeah. Fredo. What's the yeah. difference? Fredo. You know what I love to say? Fredo's brother. Yeah. Think of, what, think of what a great joke that is, where it's two words, but it's so it's so degra- uh, denigrating towards the older brother. When you call him Fredo's brother. <laughs> you know, Fredo's brother. Smart? I'm smart and I want respect. Yeah. He's not he, he's not even smart enough to be Fredo. He's Fredo's brother. <laughs> I'm going down to Washington, D.C. to learn the politics business. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you're smacking around my brother. Hey, he was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. <laughs> hey, yeah, do you, you have that poster that me and you were at? Um, what was that place in uh the casino in uh, Connecticut. Remember, we were both on the poster together. We were dual headliners. Yeah, I don't I have, have that poster. I I had to call all my posters down because uh, it was too much. I had too many pictures of me hanging up. This place is not big enough. This is the smallest room in New York City for crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. Do you have it still? I still have that poster. Yeah. It was. Um. It was. Uh, I'm trying to think. What was the name? It was either Mohegan Sun or um, Foxwoods. I think we were at the Foxwoods. I think you're right. I think you're Ryan, right. Ryan Brough. Yeah. And I, I still have that poster, man. That was a great, that was a pretty fun show. You know, that was All a right. good weekend. How big are the yeah. audiences there? What's that? People in the audience there? People in the audience. They were, uh, the thing about a casino is it's always people that are losing money. You know, they go in there to put a tourniquet on it. No, I mean, but how large is the audience? Oh, I think it probably holds 300 or so, I would guess. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean we got 300, uh, but I'll be down uh, in Chattanooga. I'm, I'm going to be on stage doing headlining sets again. I can't wait. Uh, when is be, this? It's uh, uh, the day before Thanksgiving and then, wow, which is this week, right? So it's Wednesday and then Friday and Saturday. So how are you getting down there? In a car. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, my, my girlfriend's featuring just by chance. So uh, we're going to ride down together. COVID car? Oh, yeah. The COVID mobile. <laughs> Not the COVID plane. <laughs> How long does it take to get down there? Uh, it's probably 13, 14 hours, maybe. And you're going to drive? Yeah, she and I. <laughs> you went straight through? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably going to end up to be that. Yeah, it's probably going to end up to be that. No big deal. I've done it before. <laughs> I was just down there. What kind of car do you have? A... Uh... Honda Fit is what she drives. I don't have one. Do you? Is it a two thousand and above? <laughs> Definitely. Hey, do, do you, hey, when you're driving, do you wear the suit the whole way down and then just jump out of the car and run up on stage? Yeah. <laughs> After thirteen hours, honey, I'll be right back. What yeah. do you do about smoking cigarettes in the car? You still smoking the whole way? Yeah. <laughs> that's like uh that's like a that's a two-pack ride at least oh man minimum driving minimum driving that's a two-pack ride see if you're driving a long way you're gonna have your cigarettes look i mean yeah that's there's no question about it you're not gonna be pulling over you know and like having one every six hours or something like yeah you, know, you gotta smoke uh, if you you're gonna stay somebody, awake whenever somebody asks me um why do you still smoke i'm always like you know what because i really don't want to be a non-smoker I hate non-smokers. You know, anything worse than a non-smoker is an ex-smoker. No, 
The only thing worse than a non-smoker <laughs> is that somebody that fucking asks you for a cigarette when they're drunk. It's yes. like, get away from you, fucking asshole. Right. You shit on smokers all fucking week, and now you got a drink? I don't care how cute you are, sir. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go buy your it's own. Always, it's always some cute chick, you know what I'm saying? Excuse me, could I bum a cigarette from you? And she's all fucking drunk. You're like, get the fuck away from what, me. No. What does the pack of cigarettes and, cost these days? Is it like 10 or 12 bucks? 15 Six, bucks. 15, 15 bucks. Holy shit, that's not a reason. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They could charge 50 bucks. I'm still getting them. Well, you know, they, I don't give a fuck. Wow. There's, pla- there's places you can buy. If they only know. knew that we would pay 50 bucks for a pack. You put on your Marine Corps uniform and go to the PX to get them cheaper or what? No, that, I mean, like, I, I should, maybe I shouldn't be relaying this information. But, you know, there's, there's a, a, an untaxed cigarette place in Manhattan that I know about. I know and, a couple of those, too. Yeah, I mean, you got to go. You got to. I yeah. mean, like, I don't care about the city's tax. Why should I pay them any more than I have to? So fucking stupid anyway. Plus, I'll be down in Tennessee over, you know, so I'll be able to stock up a little bit. Maybe I'll come back and, hey, you know, sell you a few for eight a pack or something. Maybe you'd be on the corner selling cartons. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I give the guy 20 bucks for a pack of Marlboro Lights. He gives me 16 back. I don't check the money. I just put it in my pocket. <laughs> He wants it's usually fifteen bucks. Uh, you're not getting it. no. It's a it's like nine bucks if you're lucky. Ten bucks. Yeah, nine ten. It's a nice break. But you know those girls you're talking about, Mark, when they ask for the cigarettes and you say no, they can't believe you said no. No, you know what? I, but you got to say it the right way. I said, listen, I, 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 no offense, but I would never want to do anything to harm you. Get you <laughs> somewhere else. I'm not gonna. No, I only have eighteen left. No, I said, this is my body. I can do whatever I want to it. I'm okay, but I don't want to harm anybody else. So no offense, but I'm going to have to pass. Somebody told me about this guy who was on stage. I hate to like, just like steal a bit that this guy says he saw, but the guy asked for a cigarette. Anybody in the audience got a cigarette? You had a cigarette? Somebody gives him one. He's like, okay, great. Thanks. He takes a pack out. He's like, I only had like 15 left. (laughs) (laughs) In New York City, you can get shot for that, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. funny because, uh, oh man. So, what do you think about the future of New York City regarding, since this is police off the cuff and a crime show, regarding, All right. you think we've turned the corner into the abyss and we're going the way of the 80s and the 90s? What do you think? I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't here until 2006, but obviously I know how it was from talking to like, you know, Ralph Friedman and, and, you know, other guys who were around back then. So, uh, and they all tell me, and that's who I listen to, you know, is you guys and you guys, you know, are all saying, yeah, it's, it's heading back. It's a nip of the ringer now, just the first, you know, little bit, but you know, you, you, you could see it going down the whole time de Blasio has been in office, you know I mean? Like he's, he's done nothing but make the city worse to be in, in terms of like quality of life and everything. You look around and, and, and it's just not the same, you know? I mean, uh, Bloomberg, say what you want about him. It was pretty clean, you know, everything looked all right. Now it's like- well, Bloomberg uh, just rode uh, Giuliani's coattails, you know, and he was doing fine those first uh, eight years. It was the last four that it, it got ridiculous because, you know, at that point right now, you were just, uh, you know, you had to let go of the gas a little bit. You know, they had those, they were um, nightclub task force and they used to roll in on the Saturday night 
in your place of business, put the lights up, kill the music, run people's ID. Like, what fucking authority do you fucking really? Yeah. yeah, there was no incident going on here. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Well, I mean, summons the place. It was just that's Gestapo bullshit on the Bloomberg during his last fucking those last from fucking eight to 12 years. That that fucking uh social club that killed, remember, uh, 27. 11th Avenue, where the whores used to be. Remember, they used to walk down up there, 26th, 27th Street. Then it became a nightclub area. And I don't know who was complaining because there was no residential fucking real estate. Maybe they were looking to build up residential real estate, which they probably did after the fact. But there was uh, nightclubs on three of those blocks. Four, three nightclubs deep each block. And that's where everybody used to go. And they made sure they shut that fucking thing down. Some of that's those, too bad. Some of those clubs held three, 4,000 people, too. Wow. So you'd never know that from being... For no there. reason. I mean, just for no reason. Because he did. He wanted you to keep your party in your <laughs> borough. That bridge and tunnel crowd, he wanted you to stay on your side of the bridge and don't take the tunnel. Create- oh, you think it's snobbery, huh? Well, he created... Like, look, every borough developed... Like Brooklyn developed. Brooklyn was a fucking shithole. Now all of a sudden they made it a pain in the ass to go to fucking Manhattan for your yeah. nightlife. So you stayed in Brooklyn and Brooklyn started getting better. Same thing. The story was always good, but it got better. And Bayside got better and all these different places got better on the weekends. People stopped going into the city. But that's what he wanted. He wanted like the people he, he didn't want to. Uh, he wanted you to go home after work. Well, my understanding was he kind of like, you know, delegated a lot of that to Ray Kelly. I mean, I thought he pretty much ran the cops. Yeah, he did. He did. And like what Mark said was he needed to take his foot off the gas pedal. Because yeah, he did. Mark yeah. said once he needed to take his foot off the gas pedal because once you lowered crime to a certain level, to keep it going down, you had to get beyond intrusive and to the point of violating people's rights. And that's what happened. We have a city of fucking how many million people and uh, we have 300 homicides. I mean, come on. How much fucking lower do you want to get it? Well, you know, they certainly took a step in the in the uh, opposite direction with de Blasio. That's for sure. You know, I mean, like stop and frisk had really gone down a lot in the last, I mean, couple of years, even before de Blasio. I mean, it was like way down. I guess they finally realized it was not going to work out. Maybe they were just yeah. widening the whole thing down. I don't know. But he ran largely on ending stop and frisk, but it was largely already over. Right. Did you see that video? Uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, from the Bronx, where this guy walks up to a woman in broad daylight, puts a knife to her throat, and robs her in broad daylight. It's around 12 noon in the afternoon. I that see. is the exact kind of arrest that anti-crime is out there for. Because a right. guy like that, you can spot him before he does the crime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and actually watch him and, and, and collar him right after that. A guy like that now, but with uniform is much harder to get. But with no anti-crime, these type of robbers are emboldened. You know, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, putting a knife to a woman's throat right on, on the street. I, I have no idea what sort of uh, pressure was on Dermot Shea to, to make that decision, make that he acted like it was his call, you know, but... It, There's no it way happened. that was his call. There's no way on earth. Well, didn't we have somebody on the show that said that um, they decided to disband it to protect the cops that were in there because all of a sudden 
they were going to be open up for indictment. So he's like, fuck it. If you're going to open them up for indictments and that's the job that they actually do, then fuck it. We shouldn't even have it. Well, that's a good point. Uh, that could have been. Who that's said that? Somebody said that. Yeah. Was it Ed Harnett that said that? Could be, yeah. It could be a casualty of the uh, diaphragm war. You know, uh, the, uh, the diaphragm, all of it. All of it. It's all in the... Um, they don't care, man. They don't care. They have a different idea. I think it's, um, you know, just a, a, a change of, of money. You know, like, let these people give up their properties at a lower value. We'll buy it. If you see a lot of the uh, the real estate that's being purchased in the city, like apartments and stuff like that, it's by these, um, <clears throat> these development companies. You know, it's not even like uh, individual buyers. Oh, right. So it's not like there's going to be this big shift, you know, like take from the rich, give to the poor, not like they would plan on, which is a bad idea to begin with. But even the boutique hotels are going up for sale now. Well, which never go for sale. No, I want to ask, do you think a single one of the guys of three or four people recently that pushed someone onto the tracks, you think any one of them paid their fare? <laughs> I'm serious. You think any one of them paid their fare? That's a it good question. Very strange if they did. Yeah, that would be the most responsible um, EDP <laughs> shover <laughs> shover onto like, the tracks. Person that, that that was a way to get people. The reason why we caught him was we caught we we saw him paying his fare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wants to make sure there's a subway to push people onto tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. so I uh, style was a way that we kept a lot of. Uh, Serious, serious criminals out of the subway system. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you run your. He basically told you you're on your own. He told you you're on your own right now. Is that what Pat? Is that what Pat Lynch said? Yeah. And you know it's funny. It's just like when I grew up, there was a term. It was called uh, a mugging. You got mugged, and it was because like robbery had become such a joke. Like you know, basically you had a. Some comedian had a joke too about how he had a dollar in his pocket for, you know, the mugger, you know, going to, his, right. his mother always gave him the dollar, gave him a dollar. Yeah, Upper West Side kids used to carry mugging money. Yeah, so. They would pay the mugger not to rob him. Well, they gave, you know, what do you got, kid? Give me your money. And then they would give him a dollar because otherwise you get roughed up. They run your pockets or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, look. That's just, uh, it, was, it became so commonplace. The poverty was at a, at a level that if you had to go out, after a certain hour, uh, you were taking the chance. And, you know, that's kind of sort of the way I grew up, too, man. You knew there were certain neighborhoods you didn't go into after a certain hour. Um, it was just like it was people just knew. It just knew. And we're going back to that right now where. Uh, and I always used to look at people walking like you see, uh, you know, some woman deep into her phone. She's got her earbuds in. She's and you're thinking, man, I could totally to get into it. her building. You know what I'm saying? She's not looking who's behind her. And I'm like, man, back in the day, this lady would have been mincemeat, you know? You're yeah. so lucky that you, you're able to live like that. And uh, it's it's coming back. People are going to be on their P's and Q's again. Well, it's gonna. It's definitely going to take a lot of people off guard, I think, you know, although it has crept in slow. I, I mean, that's my take on it. I don't know what, what, what it's like for you guys. You know, you know, it's not that there's that many more crazy people in the street. It's just that there's no other people in the street. So it's the same amount of crazy people. Like, But they used to be like 10,000 people walking in front of them every day. 
So your chances of getting attacked were like 10,000 to one on that particular corner. But now it's literally like three to one because there's nobody else walking around there. I don't know. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I, I know what you mean. I saw two guys today. I saw two crazies like within my line of sight and, and they were unrelated. You know what I mean? You could just see them and you're like, oh, that guy, stay away from him. Oh, shit, stay away from that guy. You know? <laughs> It's like a gauntlet. Yeah, you're walking, you're walking through a gauntlet. You walk up 53rd Street at like, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night. And, you know, you'll see people dining. And God bless these restaurants. They've done a beautiful job of putting these tables outside. Some of them have heaters. They've tried to make it as nice as possible. And literally, like, not even 10 feet away, there's three dudes there. One guy's got a lot, like a little radio. He's, uh, the other guy's sitting there. He's got a half a cigarette. Two guys are nodding off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One guy's yeah, one guy possibly taking a dump. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like it's, what, what the fuck? What the fuck happened? But you know something. You know what breaks, what breaks my heart down in Chelsea? Not Chelsea. Um, that might try Becca the other day. A 14 year old autistic kid gets robbed by two savages, EDP types. He's screaming as they're robbing him and beating the shit out of him. No one helps him. There's another anti-crime arrest. That's another, it would spot these two savages. You know what I mean? But so now they're kiddie. going unchecked. They're unchecked, you know? And it's good. This this one's probably not going to take off and become a classic, like the Kitty Genovese, you know, deal, right? No. no. An autistic guy screaming. Uh, it, it, look, man, it's, what do you think about the, the them using, you know, like social workers or something for EDPs? Oh, we, I wrote a skit on it. It's going to work out before. perfectly. I think it's going to work out perfectly. Yeah, it's gonna be. How could it go wrong? I would love to be a sergeant on patrol central. We got a violent EDP. Could you get me one of those violence interrupters? Have them respond. Yeah. 33 Broadway. I want them to go in first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the. I love. I love experiments. Like I'm so pro Oregon. I think that um, you know if they want to legalize drugs over there, they should. Not only that, but. They should give the drugs out for free. They should Just be mandatory. A, listen to me. On a social experiment, think about this. What happens to a person when you take away, like most of a drug addict's day is trying to get money to get drugs and then trying to get drugs. What happens <laughs> when you take that away? They take away his whole reason to live. No, but you also, they're going to get back to doing what they used to do. When that's not a problem anymore, when they could actually go to a place and get over drugs and more just to put it in my pocket, just in case my mind is clear, I don't have to look. At some point, you're going to go back to doing what you used to do. Taking up the oboe and stuff, right? Well, whatever it is the yeah. fuck they used to do, I think it would be a beautiful human experiment. I think they should go through with it. And people say, well, where are you going to get the money? I said, fuck rehab. It doesn't work. If you have somebody who's good in court and they're like, uh, do you want to do your time or do you want to plead? I was a drug addict. If you plead you're a drug addict, send them to Oregon. Mm -hmm. Send them right there. You get your drugs for free, you go to CVS, and for the rest of the day, you go to do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'm and then we got to build the wall. Well, listen, they're not going to want to leave. <laughs> hey, Bloomberg they're all going to be greatest, in the same area. Bloomberg had the greatest homeless policy. You would give a homeless person a one-way ticket to anywhere in the United States for free. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Allegedly. 
And Minneapolis, too. I think Minneapolis, if they want to go without the police, fuck it, let them go without the police. But they can't call for outside police. You guys got to figure it out. I think we should send the cameras down, make it a fucking game show. Just put fucking cameras in the trees. Just let's see what the fuck happens. Yeah, don't be asking these surrounding like the counties West. for any help. Yeah, don't be, don't be, be like the the West. They used yeah, to be. would have taken if Bloomberg would have taken these homeless people and just shot them out of a cannon. That would be fine with me. Just, <laughs> Did you see that? Re, like when you see all the progressive policies that have gone on in New York City, bail reform, uh, making jumping the turnstile a civil matter instead of a misdemeanor. Um, you know the the homeless problem and the uh, EDP problem, just letting them live out on the street. Public just urination, all that. Stuff. Council came up with this thing where they want to pay people to rat out people whose cars are parked illegally. Is that is that unbelievable? Is this a Gestapo state we're in? They come up with all these ridiculous ideas. Well, what is that? Well, what? They want to, to pay citizens. To rat out people whose cars are parked illegally. So oh, you mean whose car? Who? Which cop is parked illegally? No, no, not a cop. Well, they, they probably mean that too. But well, that, yeah, that's pretty. Say you parked on a hydrant, parked illegally. They they want to pay people like to call up traffic and get the car uh, towed and get a summons. Is that outrageous? That's all these jackasses can think about. Yeah, but there's people out there that are gonna do it because there's these fucking Karens out there. They see it and they want to do something, and now you gave them uh, the ability to do it. Yeah, they're looking for an outlet, you know, and uh, yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned the Karen thing, you know, it makes me think of that Central Park Karen, you know, yeah. the, the Karen is misapplied there. The black guy was the Karen, you know what I mean? That shit got her life ruined. How, how come social media and, and all this public opinion and shit has so much influence over the law all of a sudden? I didn't think it was like that. Let me tell you something, bro. That guy was at the Rambles. He's not watching birds. He's looking to get his fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, a different type of bird. Hey. And then now all of a sudden, you know, he's he's in the middle of getting his ass licked and there's a fucking dog walking around. You know what kind of bird he wanted? A cockatoo. And, and he's like, yo, there's no fucking dogs off leash over here, sweetheart. I'm trying to hook up. Yeah, those dog treats he had in his pocket, those weren't for dogs. <laughs> they got a nice situation going on over there, man. Hey, I you work, if you, you walk past another, if, if you walk past another dude, there's really not that much to say. It's like, what's up, man? He wants something like that. I was like, let's go. Like, there's no thing like that between heterosexuals where you can no. go to part of a park and then when it's said and done, and now all of a sudden there's fucking dogs around. Like, what the fuck is up with this dog? Why does he keep coming over here? Yeah. <laughs> no, the only way heterosexuals. In, in the rambles years ago, and I couldn't believe the things I saw in there. No, because uh, a lot of gay guys were getting robbed in there. Yeah, me too. I did an undercover investigation there for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's for real you, you red bandana that was in your left rear pocket i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding no no not you mark but i mean bill you you, you actually work up there oh we, we were put in the rambles for like two or three weeks because they, they had a robbery pattern inside the rambles and all the gays were getting robbed by other gays yeah, yeah. uh i had a guy one time man and uh he was the best actor i ever seen in my life he was, uh, remember the movie Six Degrees of Separation, the way Will Smith looked? Yeah. That's exactly the way this guy looked. And what he used to do is he used to meet these guys in gay bars and hustle them. He'd take their watch, a Rolex. he spent a couple of weeks, maybe a month with them, and then, you know, clean them out. And I had a warrant for him. 
And I went to uh, the victim's house and I interviewed them. And he told me a couple of bars that the guy hung out at. So the first bar that I fucking went to, I gave my card. I showed him a picture. The guy said, oh, yeah, he's a regular, but he's not here now. And he said, I'll call you when he comes in. And um, and we went, we were driving somebody else to court. The bartender calls me, goes, the guy's here right now. So I went over there and I walked in the bar and uh, it's the middle of the day. The music is pumping. He's doing some dancing. And I, and I come around his, like this. And he looks at me and he turns around all happy. Hey, what's up? How are you? And I'm like, I that's when I reached in here. I showed him my shield. I was like, hey, um, come outside with me. I don't want to embarrass you in front of your friends. And he goes, okay. So I let him lead the way. Then we cuffed him. We took him down. Now, mind you, this is a gay bar right now. He's being as gay as you could possibly be gay. Now he's in the car with us rear cuffed in the back seat. And while we're driving down the court, all he keeps talking about is how hot the girls are. <laughs> These girls that, but he's not, he's not doing it in the, in the type of way where it's a gay guy talking about girls. No, he's like really like attracted to, like, he's just, he was just like me, like fucking like, like a dude. Then we get down to, we're in Central Book and, and he's rear cuffed and some other guy looks at him. And he goes, what the fuck are you looking at? And I was like, yo, I just saw this guy be three different people in one hour. <laughs> he was the gay dude in the bar. He was the fucking, <laughs> he was the misogynistic guy in the car. And now he's going to fuck this dude up in Central Booking. Now, now he's the king of cell block. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a, a better actor than this guy in my whole life. Wow. Yeah. yeah squandered talent, right? That's, I know. I know. I had one like that, too. I had this one girl, man, who, uh, boy, she could do anything with her mouth. And then she ended up trying to shoot me, you know, and, uh, she was pretty <laughs> full of crap too. And what if I show you guys a video since you showed me a video, Bill, can I show you guys a video? I think you might like, yeah, I, I have to pull it up off of YouTube. Oh no. Oh wait, you won't be able to, I won't be able to share the screen. Will I? That's no, the difference. No, you won't. You won't. No. You put right. it up to the screen where your face is. Yeah. I would. Oh, this, this okay. is technically, I'm, I'm technically challenged and you want me to do something that Spielberg couldn't do. <laughs> well, the thing is, what it is, is it shows this guy who takes a guy down, uh, a citizen, you know, and he, and he gets him in some kind of a chokehold and that's what they're calling it, right? And he gets him in a chokehold and he takes him down and he holds him down, right? And they're talking about what a hero he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because the guy tried to kidnap a kid, right? Or whatever it is, you know, but I mean, it's like if a cop did it, it's, you right, know. Right, looking to lock him up. Yeah, it's really, really, it's really stupid. It's yeah, really they, stupid. they use the word choke, even. Yes. Well, the We're guy was like a jiu-jitsu um, expert. Right, exactly. No, yeah. it, it's, it's unfortunate. I had uh, Detective Pat, who's been uh, on the show numerous times. He was in the RIP unit when I was the sergeant at 2-3, and he calls me in one time. He goes, you know, sergeant, he goes, I got this pattern this guy did has robbed 10 trannies, you know. He would meet them on the back of the Village Voice. Remember the Village Voice would have ads, you know, beautiful Latina. No, what, what, no, what, I'm not familiar. I, uh, I never heard of that before. This was back in the day. They would advertise in the back of the Village Voice. So the guy, but the ads were very explicit. It would say, beautiful Latina, 38 Ds, 8-inch cock, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so the guy, the guy's a construction worker, you know, Three kids, a wife in Jersey, picket fence, the whole thing. So Porteous, the detective Pat calls me and he goes, come on in. He goes, I'm interviewing this guy. So he interviews him. He goes, I want to ask you something. Um, uh, and Porteous has this real low, deep voice. 
wait till he goes, when you um, set up the date, did you know she had a cock? <laughs> and I fucking like busted out laughing. And the guy's like, no, no, no. He goes, well, I'm going to read something to you. And he takes the village voice ad out of one of the the uh, trannies, the guy Rob, and he says, beautiful Latina, 38 Ds, 8-inch cock. There's no mistaking the ad. Says that. You yeah. sure it. And the guy did like 10 robberies of trannies, and uh, he confessed. <laughs> yeah, I got to 38 Ds, and, uh, they ha and I stopped reading. That's all I needed to know. <laughs> That's right. I didn't read any further after that. <laughs> Trannies now, man. I wouldn't. I, there's a tranny that I see around here, man, and that's the last person I want anything to do with, man. Okay, it's like six five and just nuts, yelling at cars and stuff. I don't know. You know, when I used to work in Queens, um, there was a place there on Roosevelt Avenue where uh, they were all Colombian or Ecuadorian, and you're talking about like they used to have a contest there in one of these bars, and it was a big deal. Like who won the, uh, you know. The most uh, beautiful, beautiful <laughs> transgender, you know. Right, right. And you, you could go there, and they would have the most beautiful. Like it was like I think it's Seventy Eighth Street, right off of Roosevelt, Seventy Seventh. Those two blocks right there, you could see the most beautiful. Like, and I worked with a couple of cops, and they were. This one guy told me one day we got into an argument, and uh, he was in the row next to me getting dressed. You know, and I was like, ah, shut up. You used to be a power lifter. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll put high heels on you and fuck you right in the ass. <laughs> and I heard this from that. I was like, you know what? You win this argument. <laughs> I just stopped arguing. Yeah. They love, they, they'd go by there every night. Every fucking night they'd go by there. They'd pull the fucking car over, fucking talk to them. Somebody says some shit like that. The last thing you want to do is escalate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I never have any. You don't see too many good ones, you know. No, no, that block was full of them. And you know what they did one time? They put up an operation. They took a couple of cops from the one ten over there, and they took. You couldn't find the most two Irish guys looking in the world, like big, thick, fucking mustaches, and like bare guts. Yeah. And they put them in like comfortable, sh like uh, shoes, a skirt. And a fucking wig, and they put them out there, and they arrested the Johns. And it was so fucking funny that we were driving around. They had to go over the radio. It says Central, be advised, we're doing an operation over here. Please tell all the sectors to stay away from this area, because we we just kept driving by. We were crying, laughing. We couldn't believe it that these two guys were standing on the corner there, and they fucking it looked like you just put a wig on a fucking cop. They used to call that operation losing proposition. I remember they used to take people's cars too. Yeah, yeah. a fucking Mercedes pulled up, a BMW pulled yeah. up. They would just fucking impound the car. It was crazy. I couldn't fucking believe it. I couldn't believe there was guys pulling over for this. You know, in, in, the, late, in the late 80s, they had so many homes on the west side, like, I don't know, 55th, 54th, and 11th. And one night there was like eight or 10 pimps all hanging out. They had the hats with the feathers. You know, they were all like exaggerated pimps, but they were standing near like a three foot deep puddle. I hit that fucking puddle doing 55 miles an hour and a tidal wave went up in the air and soaked all these pimps. 
I laughed so hard I almost needed oxygen. <laughs> well, you know, uh, back in the day, I used to drive a car service, and I got this guy Maurice Starr. He was the uh, the manager of uh, New Kids on the Block, and I had right. one of their brothers in the car. Uh, their little brother, the, the Marky Mark, and then the other one, they had a little brother too. I had him driving around with Maurice Starr, and he was like, uh, oh, you know, the kid's like 12 years old, 13. And they're like, he, you know, take him to see some stuff, you know? So I was like, I don't know what the, I'm a native New Yorker, you know what I'm saying? I'm driving for this limousine company. I, I don't know where to take him. So I took him to the horse. <laughs> <laughs> On 26th Street, 27th, 28th, right over there between 10th and 11th. We did a couple of laps over there. Then I took him down to the village. I said, oh, you want, we used to call it the Freaks of Nature back then. I said, I'll take you down to the Freaks of Nature. And then we parked down there. We got out. We took a walk on 8th Street over there, on Christopher Street. And then this guy gave me a $100 tip at the end of the day. Damn. Yeah. You gave a good tour. You get you to, you oh, they loved it. I was like, oh, you can see the Empire State Building and Twin Towers. You know, who gives a shit? I, said, I didn't know you didn't want to see the real world. stuff. I'm Are you serious? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. Are you serious about these uh, guys? These these with the mustaches, and they were getting all kinds of play for like some guys cruising around in a BMW or Mercedes in New York City, and he's stopping for this like uh, blew my fucking dress. Mind. And and I thought that was just some shit on Barney Miller. No, no, it's true. It really happened, you know. That's where Barney Miller gets it from. You know, yeah, you know what you mentioned, Barney Miller. That was one of the best shows. I enjoyed it. Oh, detective shows! If you want to know what it's like to be in the squad, it's it's like that. It's, it's really exactly good. like yeah, that. A lot of better than Hill Street Blues. No, Hill Street Blues is what it means to be on patrol. All right. So, if you want to see what it's like to really be on patrol, it's that Hill Street Blues, uh, right. and then the the squad is uh, Barney Miller. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a funny show. Well, it that's the way I developed my um. My one man show. I that's that's the way I, I had it set up. All those shows. Like Barney Miller. Well, yeah, there was one scene. It was the Barney Miller scene. The, the the music would play, and then I would talk about this. Barney Miller was my favorite, and then I would go into another story. Hell yeah, we gotta. We, we should put that up someplace. You should come to Compound and record and just shoot that. The one man show. Yeah, I should have done that. Yeah, I did it a couple times. You know, I did it in the Fringe Festival and stuff like that. But it still has some relevance. Whoa, you did it at a French festival in in Scotland? No, no, right here in New York. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How'd it go? It was nice. I mean, they give you, uh, I got three great write-ups. Uh-huh. You know, but, you know, we're comics, so we take, I don't know, I have a lot of other jobs that I've always been doing. So it's like, if it doesn't take off, all right, we're going to, uh, we always got stand-up to go lean back on. Yeah, do we? <laughs> not now, not now. I'm knocking down 20k. Clubs are never coming back, man. Never. They're not coming back in New York City. I don't think. What do you think? I don't know. They seem yeah. like they were hanging by a thread before this happened. You know. Some of them, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Dangerfields, you know. But it's sad about yeah, Charium. You know, that waiter's been there since 1970, right? And he's 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 been, you know, he's been old and coughing for a long time, you know. And then COVID, two weeks later, after the lockdown, 
if he doesn't have work to go to, and he just dropped like that. Well, I mean, there you go. That kind yeah. of that sums it up right there. I mean, is it dead because the Acharya is gone? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think it evolved into something. I'm not sure what it's going to be, but. It's this. Well, hopefully we can get back to the freedom of speech because what happened was comedy was really taking a beating because, you know, people were scared to say what was really on. I saw a bunch of comedians coming up on stage and apologizing for, for being white right off the bat. I'm like, oh. what the fuck are you doing right now? What the fuck are you fucking no. doing right Apologizing. now? Apologizing. You're supposed to, you know, rip your garment and show some blood, you know, and maybe like cut yourself. You know, you're apologizing is passe. How many comics I saw doing that? Just fucking like, uh, the, the opening joke is something. They're like, oh, I just got, I know I got privilege and I know I got this, but get the fuck out of here. I've been doing it so long. I remember when a black guy would come on stage and go, looks like I'm the only chip in the cookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things have changed a lot. You know, the angry white man was a whole thing back in the nineties. Yeah, that was a now style of comedy. With, with the whole cancel culture thing, it's like everything is politically incorrect. You know, most if comics you, won't go to college campuses because of that. If you go around saying the shit you want to say all the time, you're uncancelable. You know. Yeah. You know? Also, too, like here's the thing: if this guy could become president, and then all of a sudden. You know, he's going to do his four years, but it's not going to be that. I mean, as long as you have Trump on the sideline, he's always going to be talking. He's always going to be agitating his 7 million, 70 million followers. <laughs> and there, there's always going to be tension. And then he's going to announce that he's going to run again in two years. And then it's going to get even fucking more heated up. So there's mm. like, it's still going to be this hatred in the air because it's not, it's not going to go away. There's no giving in. I mean, like all that stuff, and they, they always put it off on something that's going to happen later. After the election, everything will be fine. After the winter, everything will be fine. You know, they said the first one was two and a half weeks. They are always saying it's going to be better. It's never going to be better. Nothing's going to change. But uh, if Joe Biden wins this election, if he actually becomes the next president, there will never be another Republican president, ever. Well, well good night, everybody. <laughs> are you talking about just the just the uh, continuation of cheating every election after that yeah i mean they'll have everything lined up i mean they, they'll they'll if you think the domination they have uh you know previously was strong i mean like with, with him as president it's gonna like just it's gonna I, advance I think if, they, if they go too far left that's where you'll see uh the right you know multiple and you that's when they'll I think Another to myself, I don't understand why they fought so hard for this four years anyway, because the reality is this first two years is going to be shit. You're going to have to get over COVID. And then after that, you're going to have to get over, uh, build the economy back up. So the first two years is a waste. It really is. And then the whole time you're going to be having uh, Biden, Harris, like I said, you're going to have Trump on the sideline just waiting and every time you fuck up, he's going to have something to say. And his allegiance is never going to go away. And then he's going to announce after two years that he's going to run. And then from that point on, you're fucking doomed. There's I bet you if he if he doesn't win this, I bet you he announces his bid for 2024 the following day. 
Well, then that would fuck up your um, that would fuck up your whole presidency. I don't think he really has to lean in that hard right now because they're they're up. I don't understand. See, here's the thing: most of the time, if you look through history, the president gets eight years, and then the other side gets the next presidency because they're just so sick and tired of the other fucking side. And that's the way it usually goes. The only time I can remember that that didn't happen was when you had Reagan for two terms and then you had Bush for a term, but Bush didn't win the second term because they were that at that point they were fucking sick of the Republicans. I got so, Fleetwood Mac was in the air and everything. But my point is that if you would have just let him fucking do the other four years, right? He's handed two bags of fucking shit. The first two years are going to be shit. Nothing but fucking problems. No matter which way you try to fucking look at it, you got to get over COVID, then you're going to have to build the economy again. So they should have fucking said, fuck it, you deal with it. And then we'll we'll afterwards. If anybody's still alive after we go and visit our relatives on Thanksgiving, you know, we should all be grateful for that. (laughs) And did you see... It's like Jersey, uh, Pennsylvania. It was Jersey or Pennsylvania to stop liquor sales for Thanksgiving or yeah, altogether. Yeah. yeah, was it Pennsylvania or New Jersey? I don't know. That's... It was one of them. I just saw it. They stopped liquor sales. Like, are you kidding? You know, wow. That's I mean, yeah, they, they, they kept the liquor. Yeah, they kept the liquor stores open and they closed the gyms. You know, yeah, that's good yeah, for health. Exactly. <laughs> All liquor except Chianti. <laughs> well that's how Bloomberg was man he didn't want you he, he, you could come to Central Park with a bottle of wine and sit down and listen to um, somebody play the fucking uh, clarinet but he didn't want yeah, you it's funny yeah, Bloomberg Bloomberg would actually get on the train and ride to work remember that yeah a billionaire and, yeah, and, that and, was and real. de Blasio goes team down team there team it's work. a whole you know, he's got an entourage. It's a whole press event. You know, they got to clean out the homeless people. He, he hasn't been down in a long time. I can't see how any cop could work in de Blasio's security detail. They are whores. Anyone that works in his security detail, watch police off the cuff. You're a whore if you work for de Blasio. <laughs> steady days, man. You put yourself out to work for that guy. Things that you do for steady days off. Yeah, steady days off, overtime, you know. Great. Great. Yeah. Exactly. And then maybe that maybe he's also going like, hey, if anybody tries to kill this guy, I'm not gonna try too hard. Did you, you know what? Did you see him walking down? Like I forget what the last week he was uh, walking down the street, and say some guy goes, hey, De Blasio, and then he looks over, he goes, how you doing? He goes, hey, fuck you, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. He just starts yelling at him. You're the yeah. worst. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. De Blasio goes. De Blasio goes, how you doing? He goes, not the fucking good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then he's like, I, I, one of his detectives was like, "Calm down, the guy." I was like, "Fuck you too." <laughs> yeah, I'll call you motherfuckers. <laughs> I love that guy. He's, he's the new, he's the new Vicky uh, Paladino. Oh, the guy you had the guy from Staten Island too, right? The artist from Staten Island. Yeah, yeah, Scott Labedo. Yeah, Scott Labedo. We had him on too a while ago. What? A, yeah, yeah. Thanks to you guys, like you know, uh, he, he was great, great guest, man. I mean, like he can go and go. We hung out with him after we went to some Italian place and had lasagna. Oh wow, Italian place. Is he Italian? Is yeah. He still he's running for mayor or what? I don't know. He he's, he didn't seem to want to talk about that too much yet. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a guy we're right having right. on our show, a retired cop named Bill Pepitone, and he's running for mayor. I wonder if he's related to the Joe Pepitone from the Yankees from years ago. 
or Eddie Pepitone out on out on the West Coast. Yeah, he's funny, Eddie. Is it comic Eddie Pepitone? Yeah, yeah. When I, I Eddie's very funny. Uh, by the way, when we, you mentioned Pete Burdett, I didn't recognize the Burdett part. I know him just as Pete the comic, the guy oh, in the Hawaiian shirts. Like comedy Pete, that's he loves that name. Comedy Pete, that's it right there. Comedy, comedy Pete. No, because the if, you, if you would have wanted to put like a guy like, in one way, he's so over the top, but he actually could be a police officer, like, you know, undercover over there working. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to sell tickets. He's an over the top comic, but he really is just a fucking undercover detective. He wears Hawaiian shirts in the winter. Right? Yeah. He looks like he came off that Hawaiian punch commercial. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many little weird guy with the weird the hair. How many little kids got punched in the face because of that show? Hey, how would you like a Hawaiian punch? Yeah. Sock him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, that, yeah that, the Hawaiian shirts, man. Like, what's his name? The parrot head guy, you know. So, um, so you're driving down, what did you say? Chattanooga? Chattanooga. Tennessee? Tennessee. And you leave him Went down to do a comedy catch on Wednesday and then Friday and Saturday. And uh, that's it, probably. I mean, like, I haven't decided to leave time yet. Uh-huh. Got to be there Wednesday, though, so. You should probably leave now. <laughs> <laughs> you should go to all the states that shut down the liquor sales. It's, it's my anxiety. I would leave now. I'm always paranoid about yeah. time. Pass through New Jersey, pick up all that bottle of scotch. I'd rather yeah. be there a fucking day and a half early than late. Yeah, I got, sh- but I got the problem is I got shit to do tomorrow. Uh, and you guys might have shit to do tomorrow too. I don't know. I, w- I want to see. I want to. I wanted to ask you guys what you're doing tomorrow, around nine. But we can do. We can talk about it afterwards. Okay. At night. Yeah. I'm gonna be working. Okay. Yeah. Well, that blows that. I still work as a, yeah, it's funny. I work as a doorman and that's an, an essential worker technically. And if you think about it, I've never, can you just think about it for one second? Can you think of a more unessential thing? <laughs> Elevator operator. <laughs> yeah. Than a doorman. I mean, it's a fucking revolving door. Been there since day one, like a fucking, like a sacrificial lamb. Uh-huh. Uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, like, I'm glad you got work, but an essential worker that shows who they're really buttering up in this. Like, oh my God, without my doorman, we'd never be able to get a cab. Never seen anything more honest, but it got me out of uh, when I came back from Aruba. I had it, I got text, te- uh, tested for the COVID a couple of times, and I was able to get back to work instead of fucking quarantine 14 days. That's awesome. How, how was Aruba? It was okay. I mean, listen, you get. At this point right now, if you could jump in the ocean and go for a swim, man, what's that word to you? You know? Yeah. It was beautiful. I mean, those moments right there where I didn't fucking think about what was going on over here and all this stupid shit, priceless. It's what shows in Tennessee. Wait, you mean now in Aruba? In Aruba, they're not doing COVID? No, they do COVID, man. They have to do it, man. They got a fucking... They don't have that many hospitals. If they get hit, they only have like 150... I think it probably like at 150,000 people on that island. Oh, okay. It's like uh, well, 19 uh, it's 19 miles long and like 8 or 9 miles wide. Uh-huh. It's bigger than Manhattan. Right. Yeah, definitely. By like well, 6 I think my Manhattan's 13 miles long. Did you do any crazy shit like uh you know like said 
jetpack that actually uses water and stuff like that and all that stuff. I uh, I saw this guy going by and he had this little fucking. It was like a bullet, and it had uh things on the side, fast, you know, like a little, like a jet ski, but it was just like a bullet on top of him. And when I saw him come by, I thought he was dealing drugs because the guy came out of nowhere and he had like a fucking one of those safari hats on and he had a little thing on his arm. So I told my girl, I said, oh, that guy's dealing drugs. <laughs> and then it turns out he was just renting the thing. Um, you know, you could rent it for, uh, but the thing went underwater. Oh, so wow. I went to like see a, a shipwreck. I went to see a shipwreck. It was a German ship that um, Hitler made them capsize it rather than ca- get captured right there in the Aruba Bay. And uh, you go down there, and while I'm going under there with my snorkel, I see this other guy come with that fucking bullet thing. And he's he knows how to use it, though. I would have drowned. If I would have used that thing, I would have drowned. But Yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience, though, with that drug dealer thing. Because uh, I had a guy, I passed him on the street, uh, right over here on 8th Avenue, around, uh, I don't know, 18, 19th Street. And he goes, uh, I got that cocaine. <laughs> I turned to my girlfriend and I said, this guy is dealing drugs. <laughs> I was sure of it. <laughs> he said I could try it before I buy it and everything. Maybe he thought you were from Iowa or something. From Iowa. <laughs> yeah. some- There's always a guy out in front of the LOL, like on that corner there. You're in the middle of Times Square, and he'll always say that to you. I got that cocaine. I'm like, this guy's such a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, you know, he probably yeah. well, you'd have to fucking. Who knows if you were if you were working, but who does that? Who does what? You mean who buys cocaine from a guy like that? No, who says that anyway? Though, I think they all say it. They all go coke, coke, cocaine. I got that cocaine. You want some cocaine? They're probably just gonna rob you. And I figured I there's another guy who actually has the cocaine, and so this guy can't get arrested. He's like, hey, what are you talking about? I don't have any cocaine. I was making a joke. Mm-hmm. Is that how I don't know how drug dealing works? I I really don't. I, I there's a bunch of guys who hang out under the scaffolding by the Chinese restaurant. I don't. I, I try to avoid it. I don't know. That's that's like pretty old school, right there. We go back to uh, where we started was with, with Times Square in that area over there, uh-huh. and how that used to be like you can get whatever you wanted over there, man. There was prostitutes and there was drugs and it was, you know, if you made it out of that gauntlet. Coming out of that uh, train station, Times Square, man. You know? Yeah, well, you know, there's going to be another Bernie Getz, I figure, at some point. Oh, yeah, that within like another week. You know, the kid, the millennials now probably don't even know who Bernie Getz was or is, you know? They'll find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a guy like him, he could be a Bernie. <laughs> that could be a Bernie. Yeah. You, know? I, I, you ever watch the uh, video of him telling his story to the cops? Yeah, yeah. It's great. God, it's great. Yeah, you know something? He confessed totally. And yeah. the jury refused to indict him. He's so they upset. Indicted for, they indicted him for weapons possession. That's all they yeah. got him for. He's, yeah, the whole time. He's, you, you do whatever you want. I was an animal. I was an animal. I admit it. You know, and he's like, I've given you plenty already. I mean, he did not hide behind the, any lawyer or anything. Oh, no. He fully confessed. I got to see that. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Back in the 80s, 90s, there was a lieutenant who was the head of Manhattan robbery. And he made a statement to the newspapers. He said, the robbers picked the tourists off like they're wheat. 
<laughs> they're like they're, they're harvesting wheat, and he got he got uh, transferred over that remark. <laughs> the robbers yeah. are like they're just out there. Just they used to have in Midtown South, they used to have an OP for robbers that stands for Observation Point. They worked robberies like Snoo. You know how Snoo has guys with the binoculars. They the robberies are so prevalent. They worked robberies like Snoo. They had guys up in a building with binoculars, and they had a catch team on the street. The guy running towards you, he just robbed somebody. You know, they yeah. tackle the guy, and you know, it was it was like shooting fish in a barrel back then. You know, why was that? Because of the crack. There was just people used to come to Times Square from all over the city, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, just to do robberies. You know, and then they narrowed it down to once a year. And it usually falls on Easter Sunday. Oh, I was Easter Sunday. I worked there Easter Sunday. It was horrible. Man. And they come down. Now it's once a year. And it's on Easter Sunday. And they come down to New York City from all the boroughs, all the gangs. And they just wreak havoc in Times Square. Yep. And, I didn't uh, know that. Because yep. yeah. I think Coney Island opens that day, too. It's the, it was the opening day of Coney Island. So they would leave there and come to Manhattan and just create all kinds of shit in Manhattan. Yeah, it was but not just doing robberies, but just doing whatever, just raising hell. Yeah, raising hell, but a lot of robberies. You know, they used to, you know, you used to hear the term back then called wolf packs. You know. Yeah, they, wolf packs. They, they had to, they had to use a more politically correct term, so they renamed it. There's a disorderly group. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a wolf pack. Yeah, <laughs> they they're were like, wilding. They're giving animal attributes to young men. You know, like yeah, because they're animals. They're they're acting like animals. You know. Yeah. They attack I have a problem. Like wolves, you know. That's why they get the name Wolfpack. Right. It's not because it's not like you're calling them a, a gang of monkeys. Yeah. They attack like wolves. And, and, you you know. pick the right animals, and it's not like all animals are racist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, all you need is love. We are at almost we're at an hour and twenty four minutes. Wow. Why am I still here? Uh, this guys, is fun, man. this I, was. Yeah, I could I could bullshit with you guys all night, man. I mean, you guys uh, are the best. Thanks for having me, man. I, I hope I uh, hope I didn't ruin it. No, you were great. No, no, no. I love having you, Pat. I love hanging out with you. We've had a lot of good times together. Yeah. I look forward to some more. Hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, things have a way of turning around in six to eight. The, as quick as this thing came in, hopefully that's as quick as it'll go out. We'll be back to normal within like a year and a half. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. You know. Yeah. Well, anyone out there need a state trooper to have Thanksgiving dinner with you? Cuomo's <laughs> daughter's boyfriend has no place to go for Thanksgiving. He's up near Canada. Invite him down. Yeah. 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 So do, do an act of kindness, right? <laughs> Let's all go around the table and talk about what we're grateful for. That's, that's right. That's right. I'm grateful for science. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to attack COVID with science, you know? Yeah, he's all about the science. He ought to look yeah, into the all math. He's the fucking science. I know that I overspent by $8 because I don't believe in math, but I believe in science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the worst, man. The worst. Yeah, yeah. And I'm releasing cop killers because they've done enough time. I believe in science, you know? Yeah, how do, where did you get this parole board that's letting out, like, uh, you know, the, the weather underground or whatever? The cop killers is letting them get out. You know, they did enough time, you know, they did enough time. We got to get them back out there. <laughs> Every vote counts. Did, 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 
did he call up your show the other night, or was that a false, a false alarm? Oh, Cuomo, yeah, he calls. He's you know he's a big fan of the show. Uh, but uh, I want, I wanted to clear this up. You uh, should call. We got to get some phone lines. You could call here. I'd go. I believe in science. <laughs> you getting hit. You might be the next Cuomo, actually. Yeah. You guys know now. You guys know more about how this shit works than I do. The nursing homes, do does the state pay them a certain amount for every patient? That's a, a state home. The private ones, no, that people pay themselves. So, so the state ones, though, had yeah. to take but COVID I think, patients. I think stuff. Medicaid pays for that. Okay, okay. I wasn't really sure if he had a financial incentive to yeah. kill all those old people. I think he just wanted to get the death rate up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm accusing him of murder. <laughs> Genocide. Then he'd be the perfect guy for attorney general. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we need, more genocide. <laughs> it's coming for you. That's right. Yeah. What's it's the score? Pretty. I don't know, but I'm ready to make some dinner. All right, then. Hey, Good thanks for coming you, We're going to make our final announcements, though. Everyone, all our, of our, our fans, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. For yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Fans, for whatever reason, we're stuck at 33, and we can't get above that. Uh, if you want to be a Patreon fan, it's www.patreon.com slash OTC, standing for Off the Cuff Pod 1. And um, Our first tier is uh, the Bucket. So if you want to be called the bucket, spend seven a month. The second tier is polish my rack. That's nine bucks. And the premier tier is dipped in butter. It feels good to dip them in butter. And that's 11 a month. So wow. if you're a Patreon fan, that's how you do it. Four and extra bucks and you go from a bucket to the, I mean, that's. A bucket right we, to the yeah, dipped in have butter. A, we have a surprise coming for our Patreon customers. Uh, Bill and I are going to buck up and send you a surprise. So uh, we'd appreciate it if you could, if you're a Patreon subscriber right now and you've been following through the show tonight, uh, leave us your address. Uh, send us a message on Patreon. Otherwise, we're going to be reaching out to you to get your address. We got a gift coming for you. Fantastic. Man, you're making me look bad for my patrons. You better watch out. You better not cry. <laughs> All righty, man. Thanks for joining in, everybody. Pat, thanks for coming down. Oh, thanks, man. Bill, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right, Good night, everybody. Good night. Later, guys. Bye.